Acts chapter 1. As we consider why we've gathered here today, last week we talked about the fact that we gather to encourage one another in the Lord, to grow and to grow one another. But as Old Powhatan Baptist Church, we gather in order to scatter. That This is not OPBC at its core. OPBC is not a place. It's not a gathering. OPBC is a people who have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ to take the good news of the gospel into Powhatan and beyond. And it, it, at the center of who we are is we are disciples who make disciples. There are various places within Scripture where Jesus gives what we call the Great Commission, and it takes different forms every time as he says this in different places and at different times. The most famous, of course, is in Matthew chapter 28, where we're told, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He calls us to be disciples who make disciples. See, see, there's an issue that happens in the church too often. And this is, this is at the core of the issue of why we need vision. We need to come back to Scripture and see who we're supposed to be. And this is what often happens. is There's an investment in a person and a disciple is made, but then it stops. The goal of Jesus and the commission of Jesus is that each of us would be a disciple who then goes and makes disciples. None of us are off the hook from that. The, the desire of Jesus and the commission of Jesus is that not just Pastor Roger and I are making disciples of Jesus, but that as disciples are made, those disciples are making more disciples, are making more disciples. Now, let me tell you the good news of this, okay? This is the way it's been for 2,000 years, and the evidence that that's the way it's been is that we are all sitting here today. It's that somebody was a disciple who made disciples, who made disciples, who made disciples, who made disciples. Now, what a pity it would be if it stopped with us. Now, there is good news. God's mightier than we are. God is sovereign and will accomplish His purposes with or without us. Just a question real quick. Wouldn't you rather it be with us? And if his desire and his, his purpose is that his people would be disciples who make disciples, the question for us today is, how will we be a part of that? How will we be a part of disciples making disciples? So you may be here today and you say, okay, well, I come to church on Sundays. It's my religious duty, and I would agree with you. Your religious duty is to come to church on Sundays. But it's more than that, isn't it? Jesus has never said don't be religious but he does say it's more than that religion is more than what we do externally religion is a heart issue and if we've been transformed we're supposed to be transformational in what we do if we've been discipled we're supposed to make disciples so we want to be a church that is a group of disciples who make disciples of all nations starting right here at home so I want you to look with me at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In the midst of all of this, in the context, Jesus 
is telling his disciples a, a truth as they're trying to figure out if the kingdom is going to come now or not, right? They want to know, so when's your kingdom coming, right? When are you going to take the throne? When are you going to rule and reign? Is now the time? And Jesus' response to them is, that's not for you to know. Okay, so let me start real quick. Say, if you're more concerned about when the kingdom is coming as opposed to living as part of the kingdom, you may have missed Jesus' point. Okay? If we are people who are so future-minded about the kingdom that's coming that we forget to live as kingdom citizens now, obedient within the kingdom, we've missed Jesus' point here. In verse 7, he says, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. We can't accomplish it. We can't set it up. We can't make it happen, right? It's his own authority. He's set the time. But you do have a responsibility. You do have something that you must accomplish, that you are supposed to do. And here's the good news. You don't do it in your own power. He says, but you, in verse 8, will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then he ascended into heaven. I'm just going to ask you, if these are the last things Jesus says in his earthly ministry, should we listen to them? Right? These are the last commands of Jesus to his people. That if we want to be a people who love God and love people, this is what it's going to look like. If you want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, if you want to actually be people who look like Jesus, this is what it's going to look like. I'm going to give you power and authority and you're going to go out and be my witnesses. We're meant to be disciples who make disciples. And I want to stop for just a second because this has been, a, it's been an issue in churches for decades, if not centuries. With the missionary movement and the fact that we have thousands of missionaries all over the world, what we tend to think of when we think about mission and missions is we think of it as something we do. Right? You go on a mission trip. Right? You go to share the gospel. You go to serve. It's an activity. It's something we do. But what Jesus is saying here is this is part of who we are. You can't escape it. If you're part of the body of Christ, if you are a disciple of Jesus, this is, in essence, who we are meant to be as the body of Christ, as the church. We are a people on mission. The mission is not what we do. The mission is who we are. And the evidence is throughout Scripture that this is true. We read it just about every Sunday. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. He says these are the things you are so that you can proclaim the excellencies of him who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? You are a people that has been made to proclaim the excellencies of Jesus. So if you're sitting here today and you're saying, it's really hard for me, I'd go, good, that means you need to do it. Right? It's really hard for me. I, any parents in the room? Kids ever come to you and say, it's really hard for me to do, Mom. What's your reaction? Oh, then don't worry about it. No, don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. You don't need to do it because it's tough. And I don't want you to have to do anything hard. No, Jesus knows this is going to be hard. In fact, he came and proclaimed the excellencies of the kingdom and got killed for it. So he understands that it's difficult. 
He understands that it's not going to be easy. And so he gives us a great power, a great promise, and he calls us to be a people who rely on him. So look at this. Look at the power of our mission. Here's the good news. You don't do this mission. We aren't the people of God by our own strength and our own power. You're not a people on mission by your own power. No, he says it here. You will receive power, verse 8, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Matthew 28, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, go with my authority. It's his power, it's his authority, it's his spirit that allows us to accomplish our mission. And I think oftentimes we forget that. So, so let me draw and connect the dots real quick, okay? When you became a follower of Jesus, who came to indwell you to connect you to Jesus so that you would abide in him? Who is it? The Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you power when my spirit comes upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses. So who, as believers of Jesus who have the Holy Spirit, get exempted from go be my witnesses? What was the purpose of the Spirit as He came upon us and He indwells us? That we would abide in Jesus and proclaim His excellencies to be His witnesses. No one gets off the hook. The power of our mission for each one of us, for the new believer, for the person who's been a believer for 60 years, the power is the same. It's not in your ability. It's in His Spirit. But there's a, another truth here. We have a promise. We have a promise from Jesus. First of all, that He will come upon, his, uh, upon us. He will give us power. That we have His authority. But in Matthew 28, we're told that He will be with us. We, we know that He's with us. We don't have to wonder if He's going to empower us because He's going to give us His very presence. He's going to give us everything we need. He's going to make us into the people we need to be. I, I love this in Psalm 67 that we read earlier in the service. It says this, God, be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. This is actually what's being said. God, thank you for your blessing and continue to bless us. We know it's your blessing that allows us to make sure that your name is known to the nations. His blessing and his presence is our promise. But, but I want you to see this as well. If we are trying to do this in our own accord or by our own power, we will fail. And so I want you to turn. Will you turn over to Psalm 67 real quick? I want you to see this because the echoes here are are astounding. If you look throughout the New Testament and you see in the Gospels the Great Commission given, you'll see that what Jesus is after in this Great Commission is that the nations would actually come the way God has always designed this to be. From the beginning, the Israelite people were meant to be a light to the nations. From the beginning, the temple was supposed to be a place where the nations could come and worship. From the beginning, this was a place of prayer for all nations. Jesus went and turned over the tables during his earthly ministry because his house was meant to be a house of prayer for the nations. It's always been that way. For every person to have access by faith 
through grace of through the grace of Jesus into his presence. But look at the prayer here. Because what Jesus gives us and what the word of God gives us is the fact that we need to be prayerfully considering. In fact, we're told in other places Jesus says the harvest the fields are white into harvest, right? I love this verse. He said fields are white into harvest. He doesn't say now go harvest them. What does he say? Pray. Pray. Because the only way they're going to get harvested is if God does it and He calls out workers into the field. Now, does that preclude us from going and working the field? No, but pray. We have to be people who pray. And there is a prayer that we should be praying. And I want you to see it. Psalm 67. I read it just a second ago. I want to make sure you understand this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Why why are we praying that? That's a prayer. Let all the peoples praise you. Why are we praying that? Enable them to praise you, to see how great you are. Because he's worth it. He's worthy to be worshipped by all peoples. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Why can we pray? Let the nations be glad. Why aren't we praying, Lord, let us be glad in you? Why aren't we praying that? Because we already should be. The only thing that's keeping us from being glad in the Lord is us. We have the truth. We have His Spirit. We have His Word. We have His promises. We have His salvation. What's keeping you from being happy in Jesus? You. So the prayer is, Lord, let other people... Let other people see how great you are. Let other people experience your mercy and your blessing and your grace. Let other people come to know how great your salvation is, that they would be joyful, that they would come to salvation. That's the prayer, but there's a beauty to this prayer that I think we often miss because I think what we tend to pray is we tend to pray, Lord, help me know what I'm supposed to sacrifice in order that other people would know Jesus. That's not a bad prayer. It's just not the prayer here in Psalm 67. The prayer here in Psalm 67 is, Bless me more, Lord. Bless us more, Lord. So that we can make sure other people know how great you are. That's the prayer in Psalm 67. Now that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? But isn't that just how the grace of Jesus works? That he would bless us and bless us more and bless us more and bless us more so that his name would be great. The prayer of God's people should be, bless us as your people. You've blessed us and it's only by your blessing that we have anything. Bless us more so that others may be blessed. What this comes down to, folks, is I want you to understand. What this comes down to is a way that we think and we tend to act as Christians that is not centered on the gospel. So here you go. You ready? This is the way we tend to act and the way we tend to pray. Lord, I'll obey if you'll bless me. Now, you may not be so bold as to pray that prayer. Some of you may have. But we sure act that way most of the time, don't we? And when we're not getting the blessing of the Lord, what's your first thought? Well, but I've tried so hard. But I did these right things. Why? Why isn't it working out? Why am I not getting the blessing of the Lord? 
Well, because you're obeying in order to get blessed. But this verse says you've been blessed in order to obey. You can go all the way back to Genesis 1 and see this. Go back to Genesis 1. When people were created, He breathed His Spirit and then He blessed them by saying, Go be fruitful and multiply and inhabit the earth. He blessed them and then told them to obey. They didn't obey in order to be blessed. He blessed them first. Is that not the way a gracious God acts to you all the time? He blesses you in spite of yourself? does it in my life all the time. Blesses me in spite of me. Not because of my obedience, but in spite of my obedience. Now, wouldn't it be better if he was blessing us in our obedience? Yes? What if he's blessing you so that you will obey? What if he's blessing you for the sake of other people? What if financially in your life, the Lord's blessed you, not so that you can say, look how much God has blessed me, but so that you can go and share what God has blessed you with? What if you prayed today? What if we as a church began to pray, Lord, bless us even more? It's only by your blessing we've been here for 247 years. Bless us even more. Bless us more so that Powhatan can know how great you are. So that Virginia can know how great that you are. So America can know how great you are. So North America can know how great you are. So the world can know how great you are. Bless us even more. That's a pretty great prayer to be able to pray, isn't it? it, That's one we can get behind, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't even necessitate most of us going, what do I need to give up? Now, we'll get to that prayer, okay? Because as the Lord blesses, you also can't get an ownership mentality about what God gives you. You have to remember you're a steward, not an owner, right? You're meant to use it for His kingdom. And I want to encourage you to begin today praying, bless us to be a blessing, Lord. Bless us to be a blessing. We don't obey to be blessed. We've been blessed to obey. So what do we do with all of that? It's a pretty quick rundown, right, of Acts 1.8, of God's call on your life, that he's given us a mission, but the mission is who we are, that we've been given power, that we've been given a promise. And we've even been told how to pray. The application comes down to who, when, and where. If we're supposed to be a people who are on mission, a people that are defined by the mission God has given us, who, when, and where? Well, the first, who? Simple answer. Yes. Everyone. Yes. Everyone. You see, it's the religious people in Jesus' day who constantly came back to Jesus and said, so who is my neighbor? And what were they doing by asking questions like that? Trying to get out of it, right? I mean, I don't have to go to that guy, do I? I don't have to go to that guy, do I? They were looking for ways out. It was said by Ligon Duncan just this week that they were looking for loopholes. Let's not be loophole Christians. Let's be people who would say, okay, you've told me to go. To all nations, you told me to go to all peoples, you told me to be a witness, the answer is yes. So if you're wondering, should I, the answer is yes. If you're asking who, the answer is yes. 
Do I have to with that person? The answer is yes. And then you can go, okay, Lord, then give me power. I need your presence because you've made this promise to me. But the answer is everyone. It's not just a who we go to, but now here it comes down to this. Who among us is meant to do this? Who is the command given to? Everyone, right? It's the same everyone. It's everyone that we go to and it's everyone does it. How do we do that? His power. His presence. It's not just reserved for the guys who went to seminary. Right? It's not just reserved for the missionaries who are overseas. Every single believer in Jesus Christ has the same Holy Spirit. That's good news for you. But it also means that you have a responsibility in how to live. It means you and me. It means that we do this individually. It means that we do it together. Jesus, when he was giving this commission to his disciples, he's speaking to the group and he's speaking to the individuals. And all of them understood that because all of them went and did it. Sometimes I think we miss that he's speaking to the group and us as individuals. So let me make sure you understand how this sometimes works. Okay. Well, the church is going on mission trips. The church is doing a blessed event in the community. Well, the church is sharing the gospel. I know people in my church are, and I'm a part of that corporately. Woohoo! Off the hook. No, not off the hook. On the hook, because you're a part of the body. Because it's corporate and it's individual. So who? Everyone. When? Every day. If you look at Matthew 28, he says... Go, therefore, and the verb there, you've heard this before, means as you are going. It is an everyday reality. It is a truth no matter where and no matter when. It's more than Sunday, but it must be intentional. If we're going to be people who obey Jesus, let me make sure you understand this, and you've experienced this in your life. If you're going to be a person, and I'm going to be a person who obeys Jesus, it's not going to happen accidentally. You've never just like stumbled into obedience in your life, have you? You have to be intentional about it, don't you? Like, you, you typically don't stumble into righteousness. We stumble into sin, don't we? You don't accidentally end up, wow, look how great I am at that. No, you stumble into failure. You stumble into sin. We must be intentional if we're going to be people who are going to be obedient. You've got to go into your life, into your day, saying, when the opportunity arises, I'm going to be a witness. And then you've got to be looking for the opportunity to arise. So, maybe you're like me. Lord, give me an opportunity. And so, I go and I sit at the DMV. Or I'm sitting in an office. Right, And I have a meeting and I end up having to wait for 30 minutes and there's that guy sitting right next to me and I'm still praying, Lord, give me an opportunity. What do you think he's doing? By making me wait for something else. Giving me an opportunity. But I may be so navel-gazing in my spirituality that I forget to take the opportunity when he gives it to me. We have to be intentional. 
There's an intentionality to being the people of God every day. And we must continue until His promise is kept, until His kingdom comes, until we are made holiness, our sanctification is finished. We continue. There's no end date on this until Jesus comes back. And there's no end date in our life. Unless you are exactly like Jesus. Anybody? I mean, some of you are pretty old. Been believers for a long time. You exactly like Jesus yet? All right, so you still need to obey and be sanctified. Is that what you're saying? Do you know that the way God sanctifies us is by blessing us in order that we obey? He doesn't bless us apart from or sanctify us apart from us doing His will. He sanctifies us by us doing His will. By obedience. So the third question in application is where? Anybody want to guess? Everywhere. Everyone, every day, everywhere. This means here and there. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. It means, as Jeremiah 29 says this, the people were in exile. Jeremiah 29.4 says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. We love verse 11, don't we? Verse 11 of chapter 29 of Jeremiah, we all, you know, he knows the plans that he has for us, plans to pro- they They're all in exile. All of those plans are for him to prosper us in exile, as outsiders, as people who have a true king. All of those promises are given to us there. We need to be living for the good of the city and for the good of the nations. It's never meant to be an either or, but a both and. So, there's the sermon. Now it's time for the vision. And the vision comes straight from this. Everyone, every day, everywhere. If we're going to be a church that's scattered to be disciples who are making disciples, it's got to happen. Everyone doing it, every day, everywhere. So I'm going to give you some insight into what that can look like for you. And I want you to I'm going to ask you to prayerfully consider what that would look like for you. Okay? What about in Powhatan? Everyone can do that, right? That's an easy everyone. Powhatan, Midlothian, wherever you may live. Start with your family. What does it look like for every family of Old Powhatan Baptist Church to live as the church scattered around the county, scattered around the area, scattered around the region. About your workplace, about your school, about your friends, about your family. What about your growth groups? For those who are newer to OPBC, maybe you you haven't gotten involved in a growth group or small group yet. What would it look like for your growth group or a growth group that you would start going to to make sure that everything, every week, everybody, 
is engaged in reaching their community, serving the community, blessing their community, to have an open seat where you can actually invite someone. Maybe it is that, as in my growth group, it's too big. It's time for your growth group to split. Maybe it's time for you, as a growth group member, to take a leadership role. Say, you know what? We need to spread out. We need to reach more of the county. We need to serve more people. We need to have more places for people to plug in. I'm going to give you an option in your bulletin. You'll see that there's an insert there, not just for taking notes, but there's also another insert. On one side is something that you've seen before, blesseveryhome.com. Some of you are already signed up for this. We have a great group of about 40 families who are, or 40 people who have been praying. Basically what this is is a way of you tracking who you're praying for, and it gives you the names and addresses of your neighbors so you can be praying for them. If you're not signed up, I'm going to encourage you to sign up. I'm going to encourage our growth groups to come in with names of people that they've met during the week that they can pray for. People that they can find a way to bless them, to encourage them, to share the gospel with them. On the other side of that sheet is a new initiative that we're kicking off today. Bless 23139. Everyone, everywhere in the county. We are spread out all over this county. And there is no reason why those points of light can't be a blessing to every point in this county and every person in this county. So what's that going to look like? Powhatan Bible Club. This this school year, this spring, we've had volunteers up at uh, Flat Rock Elementary School who have been serving after school once a week sharing the gospel with a group of about 25 children. Uh, and we want to grow that this next year. We need more volunteers where you can go after school and you can serve to share the gospel with children and families. Missions planning team met this past week, and we're going to be looking at how we can support local ministries like pregnancy resource centers and uh, free clinics and things like that. How can you be a part of that? The Powhatan Bible Club actually has an opportunity to also, through our church, have an after-school program on half days of school at Flat Rock. And we need volunteers who can go in when the parents are going to have to get off work, try to figure out what to do with their kids, where there would be an after-school program where the kids stay at school. And we go in and we have an opportunity to work with them, to tutor them, to work on homework with them, to play games with them, and a chance to share the gospel with them. These are open doors that have come to us, and we need volunteers to go and serve. It starts in Powhatan with personal evangelism. That that may come through you going and coaching soccer, softball, engaging with families and children. I can't tell you every possibility of what it looks like to bless 23139, but I can tell you that just the people in this room could make a huge dent in the lack of gospel knowledge in our county if we would just go be intentional about it. So what's your idea? I want to encourage you to come at the end of this month to Missions Planning Team and tell us your idea so we can be prayerfully considering what it looks like for us to do this individually and corporately as a church. So, bless 23139. 
If you live in the county, I'm going to encourage you to buy a t-shirt. We don't make any money off this t-shirt. This t-shirt is is a way for us to unite in this blessing of our county. You can go online, you can do that. It's also a way of us uniting to show our county that we're here for a purpose. So I'll ask you a tough question maybe. Because I have to think through this sometimes. This church has been around for 247 years. If we disappeared tomorrow, would the county miss us? We would miss it, right? But would the county miss us? That can be sobering, can't it? I think there are some things the county would miss, and most days the county would never know we were gone. Let's change that. And here's how we change it. We've been given power by the Holy Spirit. We don't need a strategy here. I'm not telling you what you need to go do in the county. What I'm telling you is we need a culture that says, bless us, Lord, that we can be a blessing. It's been said, there's an old saying that says, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. That really means it's very simple. Strategy only gets you so far, but if you don't have the culture, strategy is never going to win. If we just make strategies to reach our community, the culture of our community is always going to win out. But if we build a culture that's blessed to be a blessing, we can change the culture. We can beat the best strategies of the enemy in our own lives and in our community. So let's be a part of that. What about beyond? Well, we have a nursing home ministry once a month. Did you know that? Did you know that? We have a nursing home ministry. We go into a very needy nursing home, a place where people, most of the residents have no one come and visit them. We have an opportunity to go in and bless them, to encourage them, to pray with them, to share the gospel with them. Al and Patty, uh, we have... Al and Patty go every month. And then we have several other people who go regularly. We need more volunteers. There are more people who need to be talked to. The more volunteers we have. This summer, the youth are going to go. Our children are going to go at some point. But I encourage you to pray about what it would look like for you to get involved. Some of you went through ESL training. And there are ESL ministries where you can jump in and get involved. To work with refugees and internationals. Allison Bremer works with the Richmond Justice Initiative to fight human trafficking. I'd love for you to talk to her about what that looks like. How can we support adoption and foster care in our own county and in the area around us? What about Montreal? We have a team going up soon to be praying about what it would look like for us to partner up there. What about places like Montreal where the darkness has set in and the gospel is needed? What about Appalachia? I love the fact that Kenneth and Brenda Branch are serving alongside of our students. Our students are going this year and Kenneth and Brenda are going with them to serve our students and also to reach people with the gospel. What about Barcelona? We have a team going this summer. There's opportunities for other people to go during the summer with other teams as well. We've been praying for a long time for uh, for our people group in North Africa. And uh, about 750,000 people 
with only three known believers among that 750,000 people. The doors are opening for us to go back. Would you go? Because the Lord has blessed you in order to be a blessing. I can't tell you all the opportunities because the opportunities are kind of endless. It's a big world out there that's been made very small and very accessible. It's so much easier to get everywhere. You can get everywhere in the world for under $2,000. Everywhere in the world. You can fly everywhere in the world for under $2,000 to share the gospel with people. But maybe for you and maybe for me, it just starts with going to work and being the light and the witness that God has set us to be there. Going to the grocery store. So what this comes down to is very simple. How many of you live in Powhatan? then you have no excuse, right? How many of you realize there are lost people in Powhatan? How many of you are believers in Jesus Christ who have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you? Then we have no excuse anymore, do we? We have a commission and a command. And we have power. And we have a promise. So would you pray with me that the Lord would continue to bless us and bless us even more so that his name would be made great in Powhatan and beyond. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would bless us. Bless us tremendously, Lord. Bless us beyond measure. Bless us so that others would say, what in the world is God doing there? And we will make your name great among the nations. Lord, I thank you for the blessing you've already poured out on us. So evident by the fruitful ministry, by the way that people have come to Christ by the teams that have been sent overseas. But Lord, make this far more than just activity in our life. Make it who we are as a church, as individuals. That we would truly be able to say wherever you lead, we will go. But Lord, we don't always have to pray that because you've already planted us somewhere. We don't need direction of where we're going to go all the time. We have jobs. We have school to go to. We have family functions. We have sports. We have activities. We have a county. We have grocery stores. We have daily life. And Lord, sometimes we just need to be able to proclaim, Lord, where you have me planted, I will proclaim. So as we sing, as we pray, as we go, Impress on us who we are. That we are your hands and feet. Feet go and hands do. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing together? We're going to sing wherever.